Well, I think after hearing that, I realized I'm not even needed. You're two superpowers, <laughs> I'm obsolete. But like my brilliant thing was that right here about this part of my arm, I would have an extra joint in between my wrist and my elbow. So that in those really tricky spots when you're trying to get up in the trusses and you're trying to get that one awkward thing in there, you'd have this extra joint that you could like really get into those tricky spots to, <laughs> to get the nails in. And that was, that was like my superpower. Welcome to the next episode of Efficient by Design podcast. Um, so during the first episode, I introduced you guys a little bit. I don't think I even introduced myself, hmm. I don't think. So to kind of redo that, uh, my name is Luke Reamer. I am the founder, inventor, developer, I guess, of Acrobus Leather. Uh, this is my brother, Brad, who uh, we've done a lot together. Uh, we framed together. He works in the shop here now. Um, yeah, we'll unpack more and more of that over the episodes. And then this is Dustin High, and uh, he and I knew each other both before we were married. We lived together at times, um, started Acrobus Construction together back in the early 2000s. He and his family then toured all over the place, and they've kind of come first full circle, come back to uh, the Okanagan here. And his wife has been working in the shop as kind of my uh, production manager for the last two Two years now? She's been here for three. Three already? Yep. Um, so she's been a huge part of that. And then Dustin has recently joined us here to uh, kind of help me manage and work in the storefront and do a bunch of other odds and ends and help develop the company um, kind of on the front end side of things, which is, which is great. So let's pick up with where we kind of left off last time, um, which was towards the end of... Uh, our time framing under an employer mm -hmm. and the opportunity we got to step out on our own. Um, yeah, basically for the move from, I think from Edmonton to here mm -hmm. and you inviting Dustin out to the Okanagan mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And then, yeah. And then where were, where were we at with uh, families at that time? You, you and Christy and two kids then? The Megan was on the way. So number two was on the way and because we were, I was living with you in your parents' house. Yeah. And then we hadn't fully made the complete move. Right. And we, yeah. it wasn't until we moved into the townhouse that Megan was born. And what year was that? That would have been 2004-ish. Okay. So that's the year I got married. Yes. And then it was, we started having kids then <clears throat> 2006, two years later. Yeah. 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 So currently now, um, I've got four kids. Brad's got two kids and Dustin as well has four kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. So many children between the three of us. And I was gone. So when you guys came there, I was in New Zealand traveling around. And then uh, yeah. I remember I'm so stoked that Luke got married. Wonderful lady, wonderful family. But I have to be honest, I was having like surf trip in my life. And then he's like getting married at this date. And I had to cut my trip. I was like, <laughs> I remember, I think it was like, I had like another six months to go or something. I'm like, of course I'll be there. I'm the best man. But then I remember I came back, did the wedding. I think I worked in the apple orchards and sold a moped. And then I took back off to New Zealand with Justin. Sorry for the hiatus. You no, had no, to it's there. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we were working at that time 
uh, in Peachland, which is about 35 minutes down the road from where we are currently. Um, and we were building townhomes, I think four unit. Is that right? Two to four. There were different ones. There's yeah. like two to four unit townhomes. And they were yeah. three stories, like, or two and a half stories, kind of walkout basement yeah. and two floors above. And yeah, that was a, that was a good, that was a good gig. Uh, but it was coming to an end. And uh, I was then approached by kind of a family friend in the area um, who owned Sears floor covering in uh, West Kelowna. And I had had some flooring experience in years past from working on the island with Michelle. And so this friend of mine, Dave, he approached me and said, hey, I know you have flooring experience and, and you've done lots of carpentry stuff and I'm looking for some more installers. You know, would you consider starting your own company and become an installer for us? And uh, <clears throat> it's something I you know, thought about in regards to starting a, our own business at some point and was just not pushing for it, but waiting for an opportunity, I think. Um, and the way it was presented with, with Sears was that they do the bidding, it, we're under their WCB, you show up, you're paid by the square foot, and it was like super safe, easy entry into like starting your own company. Um, and so we, we took that opportunity and we kind of wrapped things up with Norm that we're working for and stepped into installing flooring. So we did primarily laminate, but we also did hardwood, engineered hardwood, tile, Mm -hmm. um, no carpet, no carpet. We no. dealt with carpet though. <laughs> Disgusting carpet <laughs> in um, bathrooms. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that was, that was, <clears throat> it was a good transition. And I also tried to, I know for me, wherever I was working at any given time, I, I, I tried to make sure I didn't, um, lose a sense of contentment in the midst of that job. Like maybe this is what I'll do. I'll work for this guy for who knows how long, or I'll do this trade forever. And it wasn't with necessarily an intention to move into something else. I wanted to be content with where we were. So when I went into flooring, <clears throat> when we started that, I remember my dad saying like, oh, you're gonna do, do flooring? Like, this is like a stepping stone, a temporary thing. I'm like, I don't know, mm -hmm. maybe. But at the same time, I, I enjoy it. It's, we get through them quick, we're good at it. Um, and we'll see what happens. If an opportunity comes up and we get a chance to step into something else, you know, maybe that time will come, but I definitely, endeavored to maintain an attitude of like being content in that. Um, I remember sitting at the golf course with your dad. He took us for lunch and he gave us the whole, if you're going to run a business speech, you got to do it right. And we kind of did a little bit of a contract mm. sitting there at the golf course and he kind of, you know, scared us straight. Like mm -hmm. if you're going to do this, you got to do it properly. Because if something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Yeah. So that that's probably worth actually a little segue into our dad a little bit. Yep. Um, why don't you pick that up a little bit? Describe Scott dad from dad. your perspective. Yeah. Well, again, I guess to describe dad a little bit, um, he's, you know, I mean, I think you come by it honestly when you think of like building this thing up and, and you know, from an early age, kind of that there's that perfectionist thing. There is that wanting to do something really, really well. And that was just so much dad. That's just, it's in, it's in, a, it's in the reamer blood, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but again, he, he helped manage and I think start the keg restaurant um, for those in Canada. I don't know if it's a keg is in the States. I don't know. Anyway, keg and cleaver, it used to be called back then. And so he actually, um, I think ran 
a couple of them. One in Abbotsford. So Keg, for starters, is like a high-end steakhouse. Like yeah. they're super yeah. awesome. So I think he started out like in the kitchen, dish pick kind of thing, and then yeah. slowly worked his way up to, you know, cook, line cook, prep, waiter, management. And then eventually I ended up getting, yeah, managing a couple of the kegs there. And so, um, yeah, was pretty savvy with business, really good people person. Um, and again, just wanted to do everything so, so well. And I mean, that was from, from such an early age, that was, uh, yeah. that was a big, you know, a big yeah. push. And we were close, really close as a family, yeah. um, with mom and dad and traveling and summer vacations and, yeah. you know, it was always car camping, backpacking, yeah. motorcycle yeah. trips with dad. And Lots of music. My, my mom, both my parents are fantastic musicians, uh, writing songs. Dad traveled with kind of a rockin' band in the 70s, and that's how he met my mom, actually. I think she was out in the crowd, and my dad is up there. And when I think of rock band, this is going to be kind of funny, but my dad played the flute. So this is in the 70s when flutes were just like, that was like a wicked yeah. thing. So he's just tall, there, yeah. flutin' away, making eyes with this chick down in the front row who's just, oh, the flute. And, uh, and he's like, and he's, I think he said to himself and he said, I'm going to marry that woman. And then it yeah. was some like super short, like I want to say within two months or something, they were engaged or yeah. something. Like I'm going to, I'm going to defend that a little bit. He also played sax and piano and a variety of other things. He's an incredible vocalist and yes. all that too. But yeah, flute was his primary one. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah anyway, I, I mean. They were was, engaged and married like fast. Yeah. That's super, right. super quick. But I'd say you mentioned it last conversation that your dad's drive to do things well and do them right yeah. put a pressure on you to the point where you could start to see that the same thing you carried put pressure on other people. That's that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, that kind of coming alongside my kind of type A personality where I'm hard on myself, really strong inner critic, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of classic childhood of a firstborn where you're trying to satisfy your father mm -hmm. who has great intentions and motives and, and, you know, never feeling I'm measuring up to myself, let alone, mm -hmm. you know, my, my dad's hopes and stuff. So anyway, like, like Brad said, you know, dad's perspective on anything, if it's worth doing, it's worth mm -hmm. doing right. You know, that's, yeah. that's how you, you go about it. Mm -hmm. So when it came to us starting a business, yeah, some of those, those talks, you know, were on one hand, you're like, yeah, yeah. We know, yeah. but it's, it was great information and we had no idea what we were doing. No, um, no, we were, I remember <laughs> the first kind of, uh, we needed tools and we had no tools really. And we, but, yeah, hand framing tools was basically yeah. it. But you know, tile saw all those things. I remember going into Home Depot and being like, okay, we get a Home Depot card, credit card, mm -hmm. and we're going to buy these tools. And they give us, I can't remember what it was, six months or a year, probably yeah, a year like to pay it off. No interest. Yeah. And so we're, I remember being actually in Home Depot, both really excited and really freaked out. Yeah. We're like, we're going to have to owe this money. And if we don't get the jobs, what do we do? Yeah. So going through, I remember going through with the shopping cart and get it, getting really excited. Like, oh, but it can't be that nice of a tool. <laughs> it was always kind of whatever the yeah. good tool was that wasn't too much mm -hmm. you know at yeah. that time it was no we can't get the bosch yet yeah we're gonna stick with whatever it was, was we got a bunch of rigid yeah rigid stuff which at the time um home depot had just brought on yeah they were great and it was good quality stuff yeah it's, it's become kind of their brand now and i think their, their quality has gone down a bunch but no, i we had a whole bunch of yeah. of rigid stuff that was served us great yes yeah. it was good do you do you remember 
our first jobs at all. Like, I mean, we were, I think, the only two-man installing crew, mm -hmm. I think, at Sears. All the rest of them were single. And Dave always called us the Greek boys. That's right. You, we should, that, we should <laughs> explain that a little bit. So, yeah. so we're going to start our own company. We're right. going to you know, do this very simply. And it's, this, you know, it's a great environment to, to do this in a way that's safe. And like I say, WCB is covered and yeah. jobs are, are, are already set for us. Um, but we're like, okay, we have to come up with a company name. Yeah, of some sort. And so for those of you watching, Dustin has done a ton of graphic design. He's a poet, a writer and an artist and um, super, super gifted in those areas. Um, I'm, I've always had, um, it's a, a pet peeve of mine, bad business names. And I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't say bad. There's business names I don't like. Because yeah. I could offend a lot of people out there who use the <laughs> this kind of method that I'm not a huge fan of. So personally, I didn't want to yeah. go like, let's have, you know, LD construction. Yeah. You know, stands for Luke and Dustin or yeah. Reamer Builders. Like I didn't want to use one of our names. I wanted something mm -hmm. timeless. Yeah. So I had this kind of concept of like, this, this, if we're going to call it something, let's call it something that means something that we can stand behind. That's kind of like this idealistic yeah. um, name that's unique. And that kind of gave you some parameters to be like, okay. I have some thoughts and ideas. Well, and, and for me, it's always a little bit annoying, but anything I do always has to have these multiple layers of meaning, which can be really <laughs> yeah. tiring for people. But I remember being visiting my parents in Merritt, and we hadn't come up with something yet. And I remember, I don't know how, but I ended up just researching words and synonyms. And so we were, you know, of course, talking about, we had, we had worked enough at that point for me to know like what things were important to you, to us. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Hey, you know, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late, <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and as, so those emphasis on being punctual and being true to your word and building things well. Mm -hmm. And so I had those types of words in my head. And then I just happened, I think, to come across this word, this Greek word. And I'm like, wait a minute. This has all, how does this one word have all these things in it? Mm -hmm. And it was, I don't know, it just felt like this came out of the blue. And then I remember sending it to you. There was no texting. No. No cell phones. I can't remember. I think I just called you and said, what do you think of this? And it's this weird word. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. It's kind of awkward to see. Yeah. When you, you don't see know it, how you to pronounce it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And what are they saying? What are, some people probably miss, what's the most commonly missed? pronounced archibus archibus <laughs> yeah or acribus people will say oh. kind of push that way. but but archibus is the the one because they see the a and the r oh, yeah and they, they they ignore the k it slips in between somehow and they're like they're like kind of their mind twitches out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it was it was kind of an exciting word because we're like what yeah. this has like you even had you know words like punctual and true and plum and level and exact and they're like yeah this is the goal yeah. And then, you know, from there trying to think of the, like even the logo with the use of the triangle was just like, well, this is like the strongest shape. Mm -hmm. This is just the simplicity of what you're doing in, in building is to build the strength and the triangles, like the strongest shape in nature. Mm -hmm. So let's use triangles. Yeah. And at that time, the three triangles were the first one was flooring. That's right. Inside yeah. the triangle. Yeah. And then it was a roof line. Because we were like, hey. In the last one, it was stairs in the middle one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. They were, mm -hmm. It was a roof line and stairs. I can't remember the exact yeah. order. But at that time, we were like, hey, you know, maybe someday 
cool to offer to do roofs for people because that's fun. You loved doing yeah. roofs and not roofing, but building a roof, right. framing yeah. a roof and stairs like, oh, that'd probably be something people would need. And they're yeah. really fun. So it was kind of where we knew we were going to do flooring. I had never done it before. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of pitched it to me as kind of like, hey, I'm I'm wanting to do this. And would you want to do it with me? Yeah. And I felt kind of a sense of like, this is kind of scary, exciting. Like, mm-hmm. wow, I get to help build something. So I felt a combination of like excitement and fear, but it very much was like me being brought along because you were the one who taught me how to do flooring. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And so very much it was kind of out of my element at first. And the flooring, I just remember the experience of always going into other people's homes Mm-hmm. And <laughs> be like you mentioned, do you remember the first few homes? I don't remember exactly which was the first home, but we were in a lot of homes that were pretty weird yeah. and awkward. Yeah. And times where we were super uncomfortable, but we always wanted to be really kind and honor them and professional. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure we called them. And again, no cell phones. So we drove into Kelowna with a map. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the location. We would make sure to call them because we'd always get stuck on the bridge. Yeah. In traffic. The old bridge. Yeah. That's right. So we're like, oh, we're going to call. We're going to be a few minutes later than we thought. And they would just lose it. Like, oh, you guys are so amazing. And then we'd show up. We'd unload all the hard, the hardwood or laminate or whatever. And that was always a bit of a gong show because we'd be carrying piles of these boxes of, of flooring on our shoulder and doing it quickly and quietly and trying not to disturb the homeowner, yep. but always kind of pranking each other as we passed each other by <laughs> and do, doing it intentionally when we knew you couldn't scream about it. Yeah. <laughs> and this, so, so let me, we should backtrack a bit with that. So when, when we started framing together, you know, years earlier, um, I, again, I, like I've mentioned, I kind of came from a background of like, I was on my own a bit more, a bit more, uh, introvert, you know, I played sports, team sports and stuff, but was somewhat more on my own. So I didn't have like a really close group of buddies that we mm-hmm. goofed around a lot. You know, I had like one or two close friends and that wasn't really part of my, my history and upbringing. Whereas you grew up with a bunch of, bunch of guys and like screwed around all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was new to me, was working around you as we became friends and your freedom to just be a jerk. And like this, it's be kind of, it's kind of the Canadian carpenter's love language, you know, mm-hmm. between guys that, that work together is you, you prank each other and do stupid things or there and nail your pouch to the ground and framing of a high level. I remember, I remember working on a wall and I'm nailing studs to top plate and working away. And all of a sudden it's just knock of a hickory handle from a hammer on my shins, like a good hard leave a bruise, make a lump smack on my shit. I was like, what the, f-? Yeah. turn around and here's Dustin, big dumb grin on his face walking away from me. I'm like, <laughs> the heck was that for? I don't, I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was like, a, like, oh, oh, it's a game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can, fun. I can play this game and I, I'm competitive. So then it became like the, the stories are endless about the yeah. pranks and the things that were done to one another. And that'll have to be an episode of its own at yeah. some point. But it is totally the love language part, you know, like, again, I've told people before, like if Luke comes by and he like whacks you or like punches you or does something like that, like it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it means, it means he likes you, yeah. you know? And I remember I, that's such a, that's such a true, 
true thing, you know? So, yeah. and I think because of that though, I think you kind of brought that into the, into the group where once we mm -hmm. eventually started working together, it was happening all the time. And obviously like you yeah. said, you know, we had to stop doing it cause it got out of hand. But to this day, <laughs> if either of these two guys walk close to me, you cover, cover your bag. Yeah. You cover, you're going to get either pinched. They're going to pull the hair on the back of your arm or they're going to hit you with something in the groin or whatever. And I yeah. got to the point where Justin and Nathan bugged me because I would often stand. If I'm just standing there, my hand would often just be like right, <laughs> right. here. Yeah, right. And like, and I'm like, why, like, what's up with the hand? I'm like, and I don't think I even realized it yeah. until then. I'm like, it's a defense mechanism. If Luke or Dustin is around, you have your hand ready to block or to like yeah, whatever right. it is, right? So it's, it's a real thing. And it's yep. to this day, same thing. It's yep. a good thing we're sitting this far apart. <laughs> well, yeah, you missed the microphone I caught in the teeth. We'll have to edit that in. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to take an opportunity. Yeah. Um, okay, so going back to loading houses with, with uh, yeah. material, I remember one of the big things too, which Dave, who that we worked under, um, yeah. the lead salesman, owner, manager, um, we'd come back into the, into the office you know, the next morning or the end of the day, and he'd be laughing. I'm like, what? what's so funny? What would happen is we would go in oftentimes on a Thursday or Friday and load hardwood into someone's home so it could climatize. Mm -hmm. And we'd come back, you know, the next week to start putting it in. And on several occasions, Dave told us that on the following week after it would have been loaded, mm -hmm. he'd get phone calls from the customers being like, um, those two kids that loaded the hardwood, they're here to install. <laughs> and so we got, we got flack all the time for being so yes. young. Cause yeah. you know, we were in our early twenties yeah, and we looked, looked young, yeah. you know, for age on top of that. Um, and, and Dave had to like go to bat for us on multiple occasions. He'd be like, no, 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 these, these guys know what they're doing. They're, they're good. They're quick. They do a great job. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. Um, cause we would, we'd show up to deliver stuff and be like, oh, we're just the delivery boys. Yes. Which is a, a regular, regular yeah. occasion. And that's how the Greek boys, yeah, kind of, we got called that. Oh, the Greek boys are here every time we'd go in to pick up our material. And and back to that, the Greek part, I think we didn't actually explain that the word accurate, is that correct? That that where we get the English word accurate is a derivative of acrobus? Yeah, I believe so. It's I think that was like the root word of accurate. I don't know. We'd have it. to look it up. Yeah. But it sounds great. Sounds that's good. Great. Sounds yeah. really good. I think that's it actually. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking too, like our setup at that time. Um, I had a Ford Ranger. And um, let's settle this right now. It was purple. <laughs> it, was it was midnight blue. Purple. <laughs> it was purple. It was, but uh, it was yeah. wicked purple. It was, like, it was, it was, yeah, it was like, a That was purple. a legit wicked truck. It was, it was, it was a cool truck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't sure. blue. All right. Was it, it was a single cab short box. It was a, it was an extended cab. It was. And it was, a, it had a, the, whatever it was a six foot box, I think on it. Um, and yeah, it had a, a bit of a lift to it. And yeah, I used to tool around in the bush lots with it. And then I put a canopy on it and I made a pullout mm -hmm. bed out of a sheet of one inch plywood. Mm -hmm. So we had all of our, our tools. This is like ghetto bed slide. It was I, not ghetto. It was awesome. It was pretty awesome. So it had one, awesome. a sheet of one inch plywood and I had routed in handles into it. I'd put um, plastic runners under it. Mm -hmm. And so you grab these handles and all the tools were all on this deck and you'd slide it out of the back of the truck and then there was legs that would fold down. So you could mm -hmm. pull it out, legs would fold down, you could access everything in there. Um, and we put our, that's where our cutting station was. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out, worked out great. And then our process for like installing, we ended up um, kind of developing was because I had 
a lot of experience having put down flooring. Basically, you end up being cut guy, mm -hmm. and I would basically be on my on my knees, my knee pads on or whatever, and I would be whether we're usually it's, it's laminate and hardwood that we're doing most. Mm -hmm. I would be throwing it down as quick as I could and then yelling new measurements mm -hmm. and uh, getting you multiple pieces and you'd be just huffing her back and forth to the, mm -hmm. to the tools. And bringing you boxes of more wood. Yeah. And we got really quick because mm -hmm. I know we'd come back to the shop and Dave's like, hey, he's calling her quits today. I know we're done. He's like, there's no, there's no way you're mm -hmm. finished these already. And so, yeah, we got, we got really quick and it was super fun. And that kind of developed that, mm -hmm. that was kind of, similar to my earlier days framing when I was doing production framing in Edmonton, building apartments where it's like, there was a, a joy and adrenaline um, around that environment when you're working with other guys and you're pumping out product fast and you're chasing each other. It's like, this is, we're getting a ton done. Like mm -hmm. that, those are the days you go home in the day and you're like, that was a good day. I am, I am beat, but I'm proud of what I got done. We mm -hmm. worked together as a team and uh, you, you're, you're driven to like try and find more efficiency yeah. in it because like that's so such a draw and so kind of finding that with flooring again was was super fun until <laughs> you either get a job in a trailer where in between the floor joists is like this big u shape or some bonehead drops a pry bar down the toilet which that was so awesome so that we, yeah. um, you gotta tell you, that one i only tell that one yeah. so so we were in, was that, I don't think it wasn't a trailer. No, it wasn't no, a trailer. It was no. in a assisted living or a, a gated community. So a lot yeah. of the houses we, we put flooring into were for retired people. Yeah. They're, they're retired. They're looking for you to spend their money. Let's put some new flooring in. And, and we were doing, what was the material? We were doing tile into a bathroom. We put up laminate maybe or lino. We were, it was primarily hardwood and it was pretty it was pretty involved because there was like some borders and stuff that we were doing and we had to do some picture uh, framing and stuff. some picture framing work. And then into the, I think even the hardwood was going into the bathroom because mm. I don't remember doing tile in there, but we came into the bathroom and so our, our routine was to pull the toilet off, get it all clean, put a rag in the hole. Mm -hmm. So make sure we didn't drop anything in there. Yeah. So we had done the prep work. We get the toilet off and we'd had a discussion. Yeah, make sure we put a, a rag put something in the in the toilet hole um which we missed i don't know i don't remember why but there was no rag yeah and so dustin's over in that area and we had this this nice little oh what brand was a japanese i don't know i feel it was blue it was blue i don't know if it was an est wing like mini there's a wide blade yeah. wide blade on it and a little nail puller on the other end it was like this little tiny bar it was the best it was an awesome little thing yeah and I look over to see Dustin doing something and he fumbles it. Oh. It goes in the air and it was like hit, hit, flip, flip, and like slow motion straight down the toilet hole. <laughs> Disappears. We're like, okay, now what? <laughs> we're, not, we're not plumbers. We this place have a crawl space, I guess. Like there's no basement. Yeah. So we're like, oh shoot. So, so yeah, it was then like, okay, where's the homeowners? Where's your crawl space access? Go down there, find the find that fortunately it was a crawl space and the yeah. plumbing was all exposed and we'll go down there we find where the trap is i'm like okay this would be the spot i guess we'll have to cut this and get a coupling and i i had no idea like what <laughs> yeah. you know now knowing how to do that it's not not that big of a deal mm -hmm. you go down there and you'd sort it out but at that time i was like pale faced yep like what's gonna happen yep yeah yeah so long story short you'll be done cutting it and getting the <clears> sleeve <throat> and putting it back together and it, it didn't end up being a big deal but it was one of those like hey from now on 
Yeah. Let's, let's make for sure. But how many times of us working together do we do the line, okay, there's no rag in the hole or there's no railing around this hole for the stairs and Dustin <laughs> drops something or falls in mm-hmm. over yeah. and over and over. I wish you were wearing shorts right now because we'd, <laughs> we'd get a camera to zoom in on, on his shins. He yeah. He's scar tissue from from his ankle to his kneecap on both legs because yeah. he was just chronically bashing his shins, falling into holes. It, yeah, constantly. It's, it's unreal. But that job <laughs> in particular, that kind of fo- dropping the bar down the toilet mm-hmm. was kind of the start of what ended up being kind of a nightmare job. Hmm. And I remember it being a pretty significant time of me realizing, because I always, okay, let me frame it this way. Uh, in our time of working together, you're always one to be like, hey, we're going to do the best job we can. We have to make a decision and carry forward. <laughs> and I would be, no, we need more information. I don't, mm. I'm not comfortable. And so it would usually get to a point where you would have to be like, well, we got to make a decision. And you try to be gracious <laughs> to me putting the brakes on. But I remember that particular job because mm. not only did I drop the bar down the hole and feel like a dummy... And feeling that pressure because it took a lot of time mm. and you're, you're just watching your, your hourly rate go down, right? but feeling really crappy. And then the floor, do you remember we installed the entire floor? It was beautiful, mm-hmm. incredible, good job. They were so happy, but it creaked yep. and we had to rip it all up, yep. do it again. And it creaked again. Yep. And it was a, a manufacturer flaw. Yep. But again, it was a question of, are we doing the installation properly? Are we gluing right? Whatever. And I remember it being a time of learning a really valuable lesson from you, which was you can only do the best you can do. And up until that point, you have to make a decision and accept whatever the result is. Mm -hmm. And so don't be afraid of it. If we got to redo the whole thing, we redo the whole thing. But we're doing the best we can and we're going to keep learning and we're going to just keep moving forward. And I would usually get scared and want to pull back and be like, no, no, we need to research, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it would often be a point of tension in a job if I ever had to do something that I didn't fully know for sure. And it was a good, like I look back at it as a good experience for me of learning to try to trust myself and actually be willing to make a mistake, Mm -hmm. which like you commented last time, learning to give that grace to the people that work for you to say your mistakes are safe here, even if it costs, because there's no way to, to learn or grow without having the freedom to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And that was something I think we had to push through together to try yeah. and learn. Yeah, there was a lot of growth happened there. That was a a big part of, I think, a realization for me dealing with people and eventually employees and kids yeah. that, you know, like I grew up looking forward to having kids since I was probably like 12 or 13. Like I'm like, I'd, I thought I'm going to have two boys like mom and dad did and we're going to be close and I'm going to be a good dad. And mm-hmm. like I always look forward to it. Uh, from when I was, a, when I was really little, and um, and if I'm going to treat them the same, I'll be super consistent and <laughs> be straightforward. And through situations like that, and situations with my own kids, um, where it became very apparent that you can't treat everybody the same. People aren't the same; <laughs> they yeah. require different things, and you need to cater to them within reason and. And that's more work. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to care for them and respect them, that's what's required. Um, and then in turn, how do you also deal with your own stuff? How do you acknowledge that 
you're you're a different person from them. What makes sense and lo is logical to you is not going to be what makes sense to somebody else. Um, and later on in life, to acknowledge the reality that you know anything that somebody else says, does, or thinks makes complete sense to them. Mm -hmm. Even if I completely disagree with it, to them, they're not yeah. saying something that's asinine on purpose. Yeah, that's honestly their conviction, their position at that time. So that's that. You know, you and I working together. You know, that was that was a, a two way street where I, I'm having to like respect you in the midst of your processing, and in turn, you're having to like develop some self confidence and, and willingness yeah. to make mistakes, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were those were some really good times and some difficult times too when you're working with like I've kind of been it's been a blessing and a curse over my career to have basically worked with my best friends and family yeah. <laughs> you know my whole my yeah. whole time and <clears throat> fortunately you know we've done the hard work to work through tough times to maintain really good healthy relationships but that hasn't been easy mm -hmm. no there's definitely been hard moments of having to say sorry and talk it out yeah yeah because the personalities are so so vast, right? Between, between even just the three of us, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, and I, especially when I look at the two of you, you know, the not surprised that you're still friends, but you know, without, without again, thinking about, you know, friendship and our families and about what's important, you know, it, you could see how so many relationships like that were like, well, screw you, I'm done, you know? And like, you thought this, yeah. well, I thought this. And, you know, so the fact that you guys put the time in and are, able to sit here and do this is pretty, pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it, it presents a unique type of relationship that you only have through long, hard work. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think there's a value in that, that you don't get any other way. Mm -hmm. Cause you can have friendships that are, that are quick and easy. And usually that's how people build friendships is it's quick and it mm -hmm. happens fast and you have all these things in common, but to work together, like we've known each other, how long? 20, 20, what do we have? 25 years. 25 years. And to have a friendship, like we work together again now, mm -hmm. but have worked together lots in the past. Uh, I've worked with your wife, you work with my wife, mm -hmm. and we hang out and play cards every Friday. Yeah. Like that, that's unique. That has a, that has a value that... I know we both cherish a lot, mm. but it is, it is something that I look at and go, man, that's something that has cost. And mm. you just hold the, the value of that. Mm -hmm. And to see that, you know, we can live in the same town and our whole families, our two families are family. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty rare to yeah. have that. Yeah. And that's a really special thing. And to be able to look back, like I remember so many moments, uh, the three of us, after starting to work together, once we started getting into the framing, just those, those little moments of like coffee break and some stupid little game will break out mm -hmm. where we're trying to throw a rock at something. And just the, I just can't have so, such fondness for those moments of like sitting with our legs hanging off a deck and we're trying to hit, we have food in one hand and we're trying to eat our lunch and at the same time we're trying to hit some dumb boulder below with our rocks yeah. and just laughing, having such a good time yeah. and enjoying that experience like that. Mm -hmm. Those were some, re some really, really good times. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the fact that you guys, you know, your two families, you know, you guys get together and you play cards and 
like I've never been invited on yeah. Friday and and it's fine. Like, and I don't, I'm not, you I don't, still I, love I, us. I still love you and I feel loved, but yeah. I, you know, like I don't, I don't get cold, but well, and you know, and it goes both ways, right. you know, when the Oilers game is happening and you're doing a barbecue and you have people, everybody, I, everybody, I but me, I know. So, but you're kind of art, artistic. So I didn't think you'd be, <laughs> that I'd be into the sport. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's fine. It's all, it's yeah. water under the bridge. Yeah. So much water. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So. You were getting a little teary there. I saw yeah. the little watery thing there. I was keeping it together. And Luke was making sure he wasn't making eye contact because the heels start crying like it's, a baby. Yeah, right. It helps looking at the triangles because they're really bright. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of gets you yeah. back. Glaze you over. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you were doing houses. Well, yeah, doing all, all the flooring so, stuff. So we can probably kind of skip ahead um, to the conclusion of the flooring. There's, there's so many other stories and moments that we'll get into later. Can you just tell just, me the, can the one... The one story about Dustin dropping a deuce and you, this one. <laughs> All right. That's the one okay. I was looking right. forward to. I just want to. Okay. I, okay. Well, I alluded to one. It's only a quick 10 second story, but that I love with fondness because I was so happy about it. <laughs> is we're lo- unloading all the hardwood, which took a while. And we would always hustle. And so you're hustling and passing each other and you're carrying, we was a competition. Like yep. Luke said, always. it was always competitive. How many boxes can we carry? And he passes me in the doorway, so you have to turn sideways. And the homeowner, often this was so weird, the homeowner, usually if they were elderly, would sit in a chair and watch. Yeah. And so they'd oh, be sitting so right over weird. there watching, and Luke's turning sideways. So his back is blocking the homeowner from seeing what I'm doing. And he's got an armful. And he's walking past. I have no load bearing on my shoulders. I'm free, both hands. And I get a full grasp of each nipple and I pull and twist as he's moving past and he's trying not to make any noise and the tears are coming out and his face is beat red and I hang on as he's moving past. It was so awesome because he couldn't do anything about it, which is the same as the one you're alluding to. He couldn't do anything about it. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So, um, Later on, I don't know if it's the same year, or whatever, but we were doing a house. Um, this one was out by the airport, near the airport in Kelowna. We were way out north um, doing hardwood. And Dustin has always had oh boy. <laughs> bowel issues. I'm going to leave it there. He's yeah. in the can often. It's just, it just happens. It's a problem. It's a, pro- it's a problem. Um, so there was a, there's a moment where he's in the can taking care of business. And I am uh, working on a piece of hardwood, which I still have at home. It's a piece of oak. Um, and it was a piece of picture frame that was between the tile in the kitchen and all the boards that were, were uh, running into it. So I had this, this board, it's maybe, maybe two feet long and it terminated against an angled island. So it had this like quite long angle on one end and I had to set it down uh, from above. I couldn't, I think I was working between two finished surfaces. I was going to glue it down and, and pin it from on top. So I had to cut in order to drop it straight down. I had to cut the bottom of the groove off the, this piece of Oak. So I went out to our table saw and set the blade height to where like five sixteenths of an inch and then set my fence. So I could just basically rip the bottom of the, of the groove off. And this piece of wood, um, was angled. The long point was angled up to the left. So I was running it through the, 
to the table saw and you know, you're putting pressure against the, the fence and I think it was a three inch wide board or something. Um, I ran it through and no, it was the other way around. The long point was back to my left. So I ran it through and as I'm pushing against the fence. I just get it past the blade and because I'm pushing against the fence, it teetered on that short point of the cut. And so it turned this way. Well, then the blade catches the piece of wood and spits it back at me. And the wood gets fired at me and hits me right in the junk. And my hand, which is on the far side of the wood, gets pulled into the blade. And so force again, the blade is only up, you know, five, sixteen, seven inch or so, but I get my two middle fingers in the blade and I it went straight in the tip of my middle finger and then in the edge of my ring finger. And there you can see them. There's this one's angled and this one's pretty flat. And so it, it sprained my wrist too, like torqued my wrist. I remember my wrist aching and I'm doubled over the table saw and I'm like been bagged and I'm looking at hamburger at the tip of my two fingers. I'm just like, this is bad. This is, this is a bad moment. And of course it happens so fast. Yeah, you're probably in shock almost oh, immediately. Immediately. <coughs> immediately. Yeah. And like we use table saws. Uh, we use table saws all the time. We freehand cut on them. We were very, we were, we're safe, but we were very skilled with them. Um, I think this is the only tables incident I've ever had. And so I'm yeah doubled over trying to catch my breath. And I'm looking at hamburger in my fingertips and I, uh, I turn this off and I think I walked over to the bathroom and I'm like, Hey, Dustin, we gotta, we gotta go. I, I, I cut myself and I don't know why, but you were thinking, I think that I, I was wanting you to hurry up. Well, I'm on the can, and to make best use of my time, I was talking to my wife on my phone. We had cell phones by now, that's right. So a little flip phone, and I'm chatting to her about whatever, and I'm on the toilet. And Poor the wife. And the fan was on. <laughs> yeah. So I, all I hear is uh, a dun dun dun, and then a... Run it fun. I'm like, well, I don't know what he's saying. Luke's talking to me. And I'm trying to talk to Christy. And then, right, you find the finger. And Boom, boom, boom. And I'm, I'm like, say to Christy, okay, I got to, I don't know what he wants. He probably wants me to go back to work. He's probably annoyed that I'm on the can again. And I, he gets louder, bang, bang, bang. And then all I hear is cut my fingers, table saw. And I'm like, I got to go. So Click. there's a bit of time between, because okay. I, I, at first I, I heard your first response and you didn't give me much and you yeah. seemed annoyed. I'm like, oh, I was. <laughs> so, so I'm like, oh, he's, he's kind of upset. And I'm like, I'm in shock. I'm not thinking straight. So I'm like, oh, I'll just give him a minute, I guess. So I go into the kitchen and I'm like, uh, <laughs> the people weren't there. So I grab a, a tea towel out of their kitchen and I put it on my fingers. And I'm like, I'm just going to go sit down for a minute and kind of catch my breath. So I sit down, lean against the wall. Get out of here, fly. And I uh, sit down, lean against the wall and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, I'm going to have a look. And I wasn't bleeding much at all for some reason. I had my hand up. It's and kind of got the white and nasty yeah. tissue. And so I, I pulled the cloth out. I'm looking at my fingertips I'm like, holy cow, look at that meat, pink meat in there and busted up fingernails. And and then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, queasy, like, yeah. you know, totally kind of sick to my stomach, which I've never had before or since. That was the only time it's ever, mm. it's ever bothered me. I was like, okay, I need to not look at that for a minute and not pay attention. And I started to kind of get my wits about me again. And the, the, the shock was still, you know, doing its job and like protecting me from the pain. But I started to think more clearly. I'm like, we need to go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit out here for a bit now. So I get up, come back to the other. Dustin, 
I, mm-hmm. we got to go. He's like, what? I cut myself <laughs> on the table saw. And you're like, you what? Yeah. And that was when you're like, oh, shoot. And all of a sudden, he finishes the paperwork and, yeah. and out he comes. And you're like, oh, crap, crap, crap. Okay, let's go. So we, we load up and get in, the, in my truck. I, I was discombobulated when I came out because you're all white and holding your hand. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it. So I'm like, yeah. did he cut his fingers off? Yeah. And then I'd go to like, let's get some like frozen peas or something. And he was like, no, let's just go. And I kind of did some circles in the kitchen for a little while. And then finally we end up going. Yeah. And we're dri- I remember driving and you're sitting there and you're starting to say, oh, it's starting to hurt. Yeah. And we get into the emergency room and I remember sitting there and they had the TV on in the waiting room. Yeah. And it was an operation yeah. that was really gross. It was on, a, was it on animals or something? It was some weird. It was really graphic surgery yeah. in the waiting room. And there's kids and you're, you're sitting there like trying to keep it together. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, what kind of cruel <laughs> joke is this? <laughs> yes, right. As you're trying to like not pay attention to yeah. the carnage on your yeah. fingers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember that that drive took a while. Because it's the other end of town to get to the hospital. Yeah. And it was halfway through the drive that, yeah, shock wears off. And you start getting the waves of pain. And it felt like every 15 seconds, you know, you get that wave and all your knuckles all ache. Your wrist hurts. Your elbow, your shoulder. It's just like this, like, aching deep, like, oh, I want to puke. Like, it just yeah. Every time gross. your heart beats, it's like the throbbing it was terrible. thing that, yeah. So, yeah, I get to the hospital and go check in. And then I'm like, well, there's a bit of a wait and I'm not bleeding out. So they're not going to push me through quick. So you're like, well, I'll go back and wrap up the tools. Mm-hmm. An hour and a half later, you get back. I'm still sitting there. Like, you're still here. You haven't helped me. Like, no. Go to the front. And turns out the, the nurse is like, oh, we changed shifts and you kind of, you got lost in the queue. Sorry. Uh, we, we missed you. And now there's a, a queue again. You got to wait. I'm like, this is insane. I've been like, you know, three hours now waiting to get some help. Yeah. And like, well, there's a clinic, a walk-in around the corner. You can go check there. Oh yeah. We go over there and they will walk straight in and doctors like, okay, yeah, yeah. We can't stitch anything. You're just kind of a mess. There's nothing to stitch together. We'll just bandage you all up. And then you can give you something for the pain. Do you want, you know, pill or shot? You can give you some morphine. I'm like, what's, what will help fastest? Well, the shot. Okay. Well, give me a shot then. And again, within five minutes, I'm like, this is great. Oh, you were so I funny. Was so, I forgot about so that. so happy. So then the drive back home, <laughs> I was about to see just like this. Who yeah, cares? you were loving life. It was you great. Were and, we're, life. and my wife and I were going on our first anniversary oh, that yeah. weekend. It looks yeah. eyes a kite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. so we go off to Halcyon Hot Springs. Uh, yeah. And I got my hand in a big bandage. And we spent the weekend with me in Hot yeah. Springs, my hand up over my head. Um, and I missed one day work on Monday, I think. And I came back on Tuesday. It went back at it. And I was trying to work with this big stumpy. And I, that day, I, I hit that hand three times. I remember I, I stepped out of the patio door onto a piece of hardwood and slipped. And I had our new rigid DeWalt or a rigid drill in my left hand. Yeah. And so I planted my right hand to catch myself. Uh, I remember these. And then I was, I was prying on a piece of hardwood in the corner of the, of the closet and the bar slipped yeah. and I smashed my fingertips. Uh, it was just like sit down in the corner and try not to puke yeah. every time. It was, it was a bad day. That, that sucked. So yeah, there's the... Thank you for that. Stories, I have yeah. never actually heard... You two talk, so there's a lot of pieces in there. I'm like, oh, I didn't know Christy got to be with you in the bathroom. I didn't know that you got the morphine. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. yeah, good time. Yeah, the flooring season was definitely really busy and <clears throat> lots of learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, like you said, skip ahead to the first. Yeah, so so then we uh, I got approached by another another family friend who was actually a plumber for a high-end builder. 
um, in the Okanagan here. And he approached me and said, I know you have primarily, you know, framing background and uh, you've been doing flooring, but there's an opportunity with this builder that I do work for where they're looking for a, a, another framing company. And curious if you'd be interested in, in moving in that, in that way and talking to Matt, the owner, and seeing if there's a, an opportunity there. And so again, I was like, well, maybe. Like we're, we've been happy where we're at. It's going good, but this is an opportunity that's going to open door in front of us. So let's just, let's just see. So end up meeting with Matt, uh, the owner of the at time that was Rivendell Homes, which was, you know, shortly, they put that business together shortly after the, mm-hmm. um, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings movie. So that was kind of their Rivendell Homes was the company high end custom home builder. And they were looking for more workers, more, um, framing contractors and, uh, talked to Dave about, uh, you know, exiting doing flooring and stepping into, into framing and running a construction company instead. This fly is driving me nuts. I remember there being kind of some key reasons why we were wanting to do it. They were, uh, from what I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, newish on the mm-hmm. scene as builders and they had a high standard and they were keen on getting a younger kind mm-hmm. of framing crew that really wanted to build quality. They seemed to have a, yep. a desire to build a new connection that would yep. be long lasting. And that seemed to be a really good fit yeah. for us. We were like, everything about it was like, there was harmony there mm-hmm. with what Matt was after, how we operated. And like you kind of alluded to before, you know, we, we developed a, a good reputation, which I thought was stupid because <laughs> people would just sing our praises because we would show up on time. And we would call if we were going to be a bit late yeah. and we were respectful. And in times where the homeowner would pull up a chair to watch us work, we wouldn't say, we're not doing anything until you leave. And I've heard that so many times, you know, you see this on social media all the time, you know, homeowner shows up, you know, everyone drops their tools until they walk away. Like, I understand that mm-hmm. position, but that doesn't show respect to them. And there's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be frustrating. I remember flooring jobs where homeowners, there, literally following me back and yeah. forth to the saw, looking over my shoulder. He's just, he was interested. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it, but at the same time, like, it's okay. I'll just kind of deal with it and this job well, will finish. And- I remember the old guy who sat on his chair and I, we were moving floors, getting closer and closer <laughs> to him in his chair and he just would scooch it back. Yeah. We'd keep going, he'd scooch it back and then he would move on to the new floor and watch. But I remember it was usually in those homes where they would make a few comments and you could connect with them. Yeah. And often they'd make us some sort of dessert or say, yeah, yeah. hey boys, could we make you some lunch? And it was just the best. Oh, uh, if you could yeah. list off the things that some of the homeowners would bake for you or oh, make yeah. for you or like yeah. lunchtime or end of the week, like, yeah. oh. Yeah. It was so good. I remember one of them made us, offered, do you want a, a cheese and onion sandwich? <laughs> I was like, a, a what? <laughs> a cheese and oh. onion sandwich. Okay. <laughs> I like, I like cheese and I'm fan of onions. I've never put them together. And it was amazing. I was like, this is a, this is a thing. This White is, bread? Really yeah. Mm. Have you made it, have you made it since? I think a couple times, like it's pretty good. It's, it, it's odd and it gives you a nasty breath. Kind of like but, a reamer melt. <laughs> odd, gives you bad breath and it's delicious at first, mm-hmm. but then you get some bowel issues. After. Okay. I'm curious. So you brought up the reamer melt. So now everybody's wondering what the heck's a reamer melt. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear my? You describe what is a reamer melt, and then we can we can <laughs> correct him. Correct you. Okay, I had two, two days ago. Okay, here's what I remember. I've only had them once when um, you guys were living in the apartment uh, with Justin and Nathan. Yep. 
And I was over and you're like, hey, you want a reamer melt? I don't know what that is. You made me one. And I'm like, what's in this? This is what I remember. So it could be, it could have evolved. Have you had one since? Nope. No. Oh, we have to. Yeah. Oh. So it was, uh, okay, a sandwich. So bread and mayonnaise. And I believe it was ham and cheese and peanut butter. And tomato. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. tomato. And usually some pepper on the. To, if, if dad and was going to make it, he'd yeah. have the, the pepper. And it was uh, like grilled Your in order a pan was a little bit the, out. We would usually, yeah, it's, so it's, to, we do toast and then um, peanut butter, mayonnaise, meat, tomato, cheese, and then you you um, like broil it or bake it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember being like, well, that sounds disgusting. And then I had a bite. I'm like, wow, that's actually yummy. Yeah. And then the second bite, that's a lot of grease and a lot of oil. <laughs> yeah. And my body doesn't do well with that. Sure. So... <laughs> It ended the relationship pretty quick. Yeah. 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 So there's the, there's the reamer milk. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I do think you should try it again. And then maybe with a less greasy uh, meat or some other substitute. Yeah. Yeah. Where were we before that happened? Were we, we were talking? Well, we were just in the transition to, you know, taking the job to work for Rivendell. And build oh, our, food. Right. Build our food house. And oh, we should talk about yeah, food because right. okay. yeah. people, well, you were actually saying, that our reputation was somewhat unfortunate in the sense that we were just doing what people should do, which yes, is be courteous. Yes. Yeah. So I was always, and, and this becoming, this was confirmed later on, you know, as we were doing custom homes and, and I basically managed, I was like a project manager, the role that I kind of took on with our builds and we developed a really strong reputation, um, being highly sought after. And, and I was like, this is dumb. Anybody could do this. You just, you care, you do good work that you can sleep at night once you've done it. You communicate to the people that in a way that you would expect them to communicate to you mm-hmm. if you were them. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science, but <laughs> yeah. it was, it's, it, it's so rare in, yeah. the, in the trade world. I mean, I think, you know, tradesmen, which I understand, you know, I've heard so many times guys talk about how, you know, I never had as good a time or made as much money as when I was working by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for this period of time, I hired all these guys and this big crew and it was nothing but headaches and terrible and mistakes and I lost money. It was just miserable. I'm like, well, I, I can't say that's the reality, a, a consequence of, of that situation for everybody. That, that might actually more so reflect on the kind of tradesperson that you are and what works for you. And if you're a person that is, is um, better on their own, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you can't take that person, plug them into that other environment, and then say that it's the environment's fault. Yeah, right. That that's mm-hmm. happening. Um, so yeah, just like dealing with people well, and and that reputation that we built, um, and then also trying to always get better, improve along the way, yeah. end up to be a really good recipe. So, so yeah, then we end up uh, partnering up with with Rivendell with Matt, and uh, we'll pray we'll wrap it up here pretty quick. Let's talk about the first job. Yeah. Um, so from a bidding standpoint and like organizing the project, what are we going to start and how's this going to work? They were talking to Matt, looking at the plans and getting, kind of getting, going over everything. And I'm kind of turning my framing brain back on again. And okay, we'll get into this and, and ordering materials and getting trusses and all stuff figured out and timeline. And uh, we had a good chat. I'm like, okay, yeah, this all looks great. So you know, just let us know when the cribbing crew is done, when the foundation's all uh, ready to go and we'll, we'll come to to get rolling. And he's, he's what, are you, what are you talking about? Well, let, let me know when the foundation's ready and we'll, we'll come frame. He's like, no, no, 
here <laughs> in the Okanagan, like in BC for the most part, the framers do their own concrete. We don't have any cribbing crews. This is, this is on you guys to do your foundation. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like in my brain, I'm going back to my, you know, the apprenticeship courses and thinking about, you know, doing concrete and forming. I'm like, I've never done it. Like I'm, I'm not afraid to try, but I'm like, I'm also not so naive that I'm going to just dive in without some assistance and, and that. So I'm like, okay, to totally level with you, Matt, I, I don't have hands-on practical experience with concrete. We don't, we haven't done that. I'm willing to, to take the stab and get after it. And if, if you're willing to allow us to learn through this job, then we'll take it on, but I'm going to want some assistance. We'll want to see if we can find yeah. some people to come along and help us with the first one. Um, which was the, what, it, what ended up happening. A couple of the framers that he's worked with in their company were able to come and, and basically do the foundation with us to get through it. Um, and right away, so I'm like, I'm in like ultra learning mode as we're doing that foundation. I'm watching what they're doing. I'm thinking back to schooling stuff. And it wasn't an easy foundation. No. So this was, this was up in Heritage Hills, was up on the mountainside, south of Penticton. Um, Custom home, like I, I think in the elevation from where you drove in to the garage, out the back, down at the bottom, um, like there was retaining out the bottom and the bank one way, like it was a full walkout basement, halfway down a bank and, and retaining and a, walls below. A lot of the, I remember the, the steps, a lot of them had to incorporate the rock and yeah. having the engineer there to make sure wherever we were going on to rock and everything. So, so you had this combination. So yeah. a bunch of it was onto bedrock. It was, yeah, then, it was. And then you're drilling into bedrock. I can't remember if we were epoxying in dowels in that one or not. That was with David Craig. Um, yeah, right. In all those days. So regardless, it was a, it, it was a hairy foundation. Yeah, it wasn't mm -hmm. just a flat. Yeah, it wasn't a flat lot. That's for yeah. sure. Um, so yeah, lots of steps and high walls and, uh, it was interesting because I remember like through the process of working with uh, Ken and Brooks and the way that they were doing footings and, and the walls, you know, there was things about like, I'm, we're going to do this the way that they're recommending, but I'm seeing a lot of ways I'd want to tweak this mm -hmm. when we do yeah. it ourselves. Um, so there was a variety of things. I was like, I think we'd want to be more particular mm -hmm. in this area. Like if we do our footings really level and really square, that'll make the walls easier to do really level and really square, which makes the framing easier to do level and square. And so, you know, I had experienced the reality of working on really bad foundations in my earlier framing days. I'm like, mm -hmm. we don't want to do that. We want to make this easy on ourselves. Um, so yeah, we got through the foundation and uh, learned a ton. And then we got into the gravy, the framing that we, we loved. And at that time, so when did you join us? Was it on that, on that house? Yeah, it was, I was probably about halfway through that house. Yeah. I think is, is when it was, because I wasn't there right at the beginning. I think the foundation was done, and then I started kind of coming on. Anybody else with us? No. It's just you and Not I? Not that I remember. No. Because we kind of, you know, humbly started partnering with them, and yep. Yep. they had a crew that mm -hmm. we were getting to know. Because mm -hmm. I remember there was a whole bunch of shenanigans going on during breaks and different things yep. that we were like, what is this? Yep. And, and then I remember Brad coming on, because then I had just gotten our first minivan right? and I had, I came to pick up Brad yep. that I love very much. Yep. And he spilled coffee in my new van. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then didn't really say, sorry, say sorry. but it's it, just a spill. Yeah. Just happens. So yeah, he, he came in a little bit through. To play cards. I'd... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but I also did. That's also when I bought my Nighthawk, my Honda Nighthawk, nineteen eighty two. Mm. Um, and I, because I remember riding my motorbike up to Heritage Hills for for a while there. Mm. So, a few of the highlights I remember from that that frame. There's two things that come to mind. I know I, I screwed up building the stairs. And if I built the stairs too wide, didn't take into account drywall, I screwed something. I had to take them apart. Yeah. And I was, I was mad. Mm-hmm. I was like at myself. I was just, I was pissed. And I remember, and that's something that people working with you would have to learn is that if you were angry, you weren't mm-hmm. usually angry at a person. Yeah. It was angry mm-hmm. just with that pressure that you feel to do a really good yep. job. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I remember working on ripping those stupid stairs apart and driving my nail bar in somewhere and it kind of got wedged in and stuck. And I, <laughs> I just took my hammer and just side swatted it to knock it loose. And it came loose and sailed across the, the entryway and out the front door opening and like tumbled out onto the driveway. And I remember you guys being like, oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I had my own, own little tantrum. Yeah. And then uh, you got to tell the, the, other, the other part. Was it you or Dustin that remembered it best about uh, cutting rebar? It was Brad. I don't. Re- I don't really remember. Do you uh, not remember it at no, all? Still, not really. Go for it. Maybe it'll come back. Okay. Well, anyway. I do remember we were cutting rebar together. Yes. And it was kind of a little like tried to because again it's on a slope. We were made a little flat spot or something. Yeah. We were cutting rebar for the driveway or yeah. the garage slab. Or and something. it was a lot of rebar and yes. like yeah. and sparks. Yeah. And so I remember that much. Yeah. There was another, there's, I mean, the kind of the two little stories were, and this one, I still am a little pissed at you for, okay, because yeah. you didn't you guys, seem to care. Do you remember this one? I had to talk after this. Oh, man. Some stuff out. He's like cutting rebar, and he's handing me the thing, oh, and yeah. I'm taking them. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, this guy just cuts a, fr- a fresh thing, and, and, I, and for those of you who cut rebar, I mean, it's red hot. The cutoff saw. Cut, with a cutoff saw. And we're not wearing gloves or anything like that, both of us. And you're always handing me what I felt was the cold end so that I don't burn my hand. Yep. And so I'm sitting there not even I do like this. And you just plop the hot end right in my hand. And I full on grab it, <laughs> drop it. And I'm like freaking out. And I've got just a rebar burned into my hand. It's blistered like crazy. Yep. And you're kind of like looking at me with this dumb look on your face. And I want to like freak out on you. But I think you were like, why'd you grab that end? <laughs> or something like that. And I'm like, you handed me the hot end. I was like so pissed. And like, I think to this day, you still never, never <laughs> forget. Like, I'm really no, sorry. I, I shouldn't have had, I shouldn't have handed I just you. remember like, yeah, the white lumps yeah, all just through like, your head. And yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about that. I'll get pissed. Yeah. Uh, but then <clears throat> the other, so anyway, probably a different day, but in the same, same, same place, I think we, you were cutting rebar and then it was coffee time. So what I remember is that we actually went into the house, yes, we were framing right. and we're sitting down and we're eating our sandwich and then we can see a bit of smoke outside coming through one of the windows and we're like, look, I'm like, oh, it looks like there's a bit of smoke out there. And then somebody went over and we've started a fire right by the rebar pile, all the tall grass oh, and knows that summer day and knows the Okanagan, like we have been plagued with fires. And when we talk about Heritage Hills, it's literally a mountainside with these like like million dollar houses, like beautiful homes all up there. And And super dry. And super dry, middle of the summer. And we've started a grass fire in the neighborhood right there. (laughs) And so, yeah, we go running out there and we're like throwing plywood down on the grass to stomp it out. 
I mean, luckily it hadn't gotten really crazy. Ahead. It wasn't yeah. a windy day. If it was windy, was it just a one no spot way. or was there a couple little spot fires? I feel like we ran around a bit to. Yeah, we did. I think it had kind of like wandered there, but luckily it, it yeah. didn't go up. And, and it wasn't till afterwards that we put it out that we started to realize how bad it, it could have been. been. Yeah. Like we could have. In the moment, been. it was kind of more funny. Like, I know, oh, we shoot. Like, oh, there's <laughs> a bit of fire, you know. <laughs> Let's yeah. go put it out. Yeah. Stomp, stomp. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. So yeah, then we got through that job and then uh, that ended up being a good relationship with Rivendell and we kind of started working on developing our processes with our forming and uh, had, it was the three of us from that time on yeah. for, until we brought anybody else on, it was yeah, the three of us for years. a few houses. And I, I got to yeah. say, kind of as a last little comment, yeah. side note, is that we really looked forward to rainy days. Yes. <laughs> Because we'd go to Luke's house yep. and we'd play Halo. Yep. yep. Those were good days. Like I wouldn't consider ourselves necessarily gamers. No. But no. that was like the one one yep. thing. Was like, yeah. And we'd play multiplayer. Yes. And we would set it to like a hundred wins. Yep. And I remember being like, whoever wins this is the legend. Yep. I don't remember who won. I'm pretty sure it was Luke. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I just remember I usually lost. Like it was rare. Like if I ever beat you guys, it was I was so stoked. But it was you know, so fun. It was, it was so, so fun. fun. Yeah. And like we, and oftentimes we wouldn't tell like our wives whatever they think we're no, out there making no. money and, and we're we're playing video games, you know, yeah, you for know. hours in the day. And then I even remember sometimes like we want it to rain so bad, and so we. I remember one time we were driving to work. Yep. And we're just praying to God like just rain a little bit. And I think a couple little. <laughs> Bats came down on the windshield, turned around, and it's raining. Yeah, I remember we called Luke and we're like, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Should we call it a day? He's like, yeah, it's raining here at the site or whatever. And Brad and I are like, to rip it around. Yeah. And Halo. And I even think some naps were involved at times. Oh, yeah. Like it was awesome. It was so, so nice. But yeah, it's not that we don't work in rain. I mean, it makes it sound like, you know, but there was, there were certain things. There was times where you, when you're working just, you know, a small crew and you're making good headway and you had an opportunity to like knock off early. Yeah. Like, no, heck yeah. Yeah. Because when we were working, like you said, we were hauling ass. Like we were, like it was, it was fun when you got a fresh floor plywood and we got into that rhythm, like, you know, we're hauling. So we're, you're, you're tired. One other thing that came to mind yeah. that I, I'm almost certain was at that house that I have that we have to touch on yeah. was a question that you asked Dustin and I. Oh yeah, the super <laughs> the superhero so, question sort of thing or something. So I, I I can lay this one out. So we're on on break and we're sitting around and Brad looks over at us. Okay, I got a question for you guys. All right, if you could have any superpower <laughs> yeah. for building, oh, what yeah. would you guys each pick? And so I'm like, oh, that's a good question. I'm thinking because I had already thought of my answer. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hear that, and then they're gonna be so stoked about what yeah. I've already come up with. <laughs> so, so we're we're Dustin and I are like we're pondering, we're thinking. I'm like, okay, I got mine. Yeah, I got mine. I'm like, I would like, I'd want to have a perfect eye. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I want to be able to look at something. I can I can look and I can see the dimension. I can see exactly how long something is. I can look and see plevel le- level plevel. Ooh, level and plumb, plevel. That's a level. That's yeah, level. <laughs> I can see level and plumb. I can see distances. I I don't need to write anything down. I can just like look, cut like I just a perfect eye. I'm like, oh, that's pretty legit. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then Dustin's like, I want to be able to move things with my mind. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, and so also we're like, yeah, I, wait, I'll just wait. The picture was <laughs> Luke's able to stand at one corner of the property. 
and he's able to look at everything, all the material, and he can tell me what he needs and I can just <laughs> cut it, move it, put the nails in all, it's all fastened and building in front of our eyes and we're just sitting in lawn chairs. <laughs> and then what was Brad's? Well, I think after hearing that, I realized I'm, I'm, I'm not even needed. Like <laughs> your two superpowers, I'm obsolete. But like, so then I'm like sheepishly, I'm like, I didn't even want to say what mine was. And they're like, what was it? I'm like, oh, it's not, I'm like, no, really. And I, my brilliant thing was that right here about this part of my arm, and for you just listening on the podcast, you can't see, but that I would have an extra joint in between my wrist and my elbow. So that in those really tricky spots when you're trying to get up in the trusses and you're trying to get that one awkward thing in there, you'd have this extra joint that you could like really get into those tricky spots to, to get the nails in. And that was, that was like my superpower. And I remember we just lost it and they yeah. just never, they oh, never so let good. me live that oh, one down. You go so ahead. Good. That's your superpower. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. Brad's third elbow. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Pretty sweet. All right. Well, that was super fun. Um, I think we'll call her quits there and then uh, we'll get into the building of the crew and other projects and stuff later on. So thanks again, guys. That was super fun. Thanks mm -hmm. for tuning in and watching or listening. Um, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody.